Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Three, two, one. Hello, welcome back, Criminal Mischief Nation, to another bonus episode. My name is Brandon. I produce the show along with Carolyn Osorio. Hello, Carolyn. Nice to see you. Nice Nice to to see see you. you. Uh, Thank you again for gracing us with your talent and your presence for another bonus episode. We know that, you know, your kind of milieu is the hard hitting ethical journalism and that here you, you kind of knock yourself down a few pegs to roll around in the mud with me and we all appreciate it. So thank you. You know, it's funny. I've actually thought a lot about that. Um, I, I feel like it's sort of, you're not supposed to have fun when you're like all serious, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that people want you to stay in your lane. And I Mm -hmm. think that now more and more people are like, you know what? I don't really want to just stay in this lane because I'm not just this one person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it doesn't take away any of the credibility or it shouldn't, you know, to, to be, you know what I mean? Yep. I love absolutely. Society is evolving in that way where it's like, you know, people get to, you know, fly their flag. Yeah, you know? exactly. Whatever and, they want to do. You could do different things. There's different, different aspects to everybody. You know, there's the buttoned up version and there's the little kind of crazier version. And, uh, and I know it's like, I feel like the same when you do your buttoned up version, like when we're hmm. on calls and you're like, I'm like I'm, what's happening here? It's when like I'm professional Brandon. Yeah. 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 I have to stop myself from laughing. Professional Brandon's fun. My wife loves professional Brandon. <laughs> she knows that just underneath, like I'm going to make a dick joke or something like that'll piss her off. <laughs> Wait, waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So let's talk about this. Cause uh, again, this is super cool. Like I, I, the, the people in the beginning, the first like half of the show really had nothing to do with with what was going on actu- in actuality with the case. Yes, they were obviously related to it because they died because of it, but they were completely, complete collateral damage. And you gave us all of their backstories on everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, did we need to know there was an infidelity in their marriage? We didn't need to know that. And that they worked mm-hmm. through it through therapy. I was rooting for these people. Okay. And then then it turns out the story isn't even about them. That was amazing. That was great. It was great. Mm -hmm. You know, I just felt like, you know what, whenever you're in these situations and the guy, it's like, oh, he's so good for it. Right. I mean, this guy was like so good for it and it didn't have anything to do with him. Yeah. I didn't think the guy was good for it. I didn't think he was. You know why? Why? I trusted him. Because he was honest about an infidelity Mm. and he went to therapy and that said, okay, you know what? Maybe he was telling the truth that it was a one shot deal with a high school ex. And, and it was like, Whoa, man, I got to circle back. Right. And they were both like, Hey, you're here. Here we go. All right. And he Mm. felt shitty about it. So shitty that he told her that you're Mm. a long, long haul truckers have historically literally gotten away with murder because you're a long haul trucker. Right. You're Mr. Fucking anonymous. He could have easily gotten away with it. He cops to it. I love you. I want to stay together with you. Let's go to therapy. They go to therapy. They wind up getting married. They put it behind them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. So you're rooting for him. Okay, great. I was totally rooting for this couple and the little girl. Oh my gosh. The 15 year old 
Mm-hmm. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Totally brutal. The one time where I was like, wait a minute, is this guy bad for this? When, uh, why would he ask any chance this is cyanide poisoning? Like, how would he know that? How would he know the symptoms of cyanide poisoning? It wasn't like the, the, the consumer market was blanketed with true crime like it was today where he might have picked mm-hmm. it up on an episode of Dateline. No, it was like, did he just know that? Well, I think given the Tylenol murders, you right. know, that being in the back. Yeah, it was about four form. years. Yep. Yep. Right. And then I also think that they were popping Excedrins like candy. So I yeah. think that like he could be like, yeah, you know, it's not like, you know, you take two every other week or something or once a month. I mean, they're taking them every day. Every day you know, for so. the caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, you know, I think he was like, what else could it be? Like he's sitting there, you know, she was perfectly healthy and there was what, what could it be? You know? Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really scary. And that poor, that poor teenage girl. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That just like was an arrow in my heart. I just felt like when she was calling her mommy, I just was like, oh my gosh. So so I take all of these notes as I'm holding Mm -hmm. up to the camera right now, right? For that couple that now I don't need them anymore. I'm like, okay, now I have to start all over again with the real- I'm sorry that I gave you a little bit of, a little bit of drama. Okay. I'm sorry that I had to turn this into a little bit of a- um... I I appreciate it. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. And- Mm -hmm. um. And so I have a remembrance of the Tylenol murders. So do I. Somebody was arrested, not the main guy, but somebody was arrested for, I forget. So now, no, so, so that's never been solved. And the deal with that is because I remembered it too, but I didn't remember all the nitty gritty details. Um, But what, uh, I needed to prepare for it. So I did a little bit of research. So the guy, there was a guy who wrote a note. A right. Letter. Wrote the note to the time, to the manufacturer. Right. 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 Yes. And, and so, and so they think that he did it and he recently died Yeah, and he has his whole crazy backstory. Like, okay. yeah. So, okay. and the so, FBI came out and basically they're like, we can't talk about it, but we basically think this individual did it. So I think that they really that think he did guy. Right. So that guy that was arrested. All right. Mm-hmm. So in 81 or 82, mm-hmm. um, my parents were still together and we took a family vacation to the Bahamas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And staying in our hotel, this like all inclusive kind of place was a FBI agent, a youngish thirties, like FBI agent. And, um, and he and his wife were there and they befriended my mom and dad. And this guy's claim to fame was that when that guy that was arrested got perp walked, he was handcuffed to him, right? Like he was the guy that-, that Claim to fame. Oh right. Like that was his thing. Like I was right. handcuffed to the Tylenol perp mm-hmm. on the perp mm-hmm. walk. And, um, and so, and I remember that. And then the other thing I remember- Wait, do you remember your parents talking about it with the guy? And so Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Totally. Okay. It's weird what you remember from, yeah. from when you were a kid. I remember- mm-hmm. um, because this is obviously well before at the digital age. And so when you're showing pictures, like they're actual photographs of stuff. So the guy had a picture of it. Okay. On vacation. Not, yeah. But it was, it, I think he, he might've been down there for some sort of seminar about it. Oh, okay. 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 Right. So okay. there were like yeah. materials that he was going to be speaking about. Okay. And then, um, and then there was a picture of him by his car. Okay. 
And this guy talk about he was he was a fucking cop through and through. This guy, his light he had a vanity plate on his car uh, that M K M Y D Y make my day like the Dirty Harry thing. That oh was his license. <laughs> I don't know why I remember this, but just listening to this episode, all of those memories just like kind of mm -hmm. came rushing back. You know what else happened on that? Um, I remember uh, the the hotel. Um, the activities director, like the real bubbly guy, like, hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to play volleyball in the pool and blah, 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 blah. And uh, he took me and my brother to play a game of lawn darts when they were still actually the weapons that were, were killing people. <laughs> <laughs> Love the 80s. And I didn't trust my brother because he was trying, he was throwing them at me because that's what older brothers, that's what older brothers do. Yeah. We went para parasailing on that trip and I didn't weigh enough to go by myself. All right. So I had to go oh up. Oh my gosh. With, you got lugged with your brother. I had to go up with my brother. And the whole time he had his hand on the carabiner saying, I could drop you anytime I want. I was terrified the entire fucking time I was up there. Yeah. Uh, Man, your other brother and my sister were probably like pen pals. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a, wow. It was a really good time. But so, so things like that. And then in the movie, um, uh, now remember, I'm forgetting the name, Michael Mann film, The Insider, about the tobacco industry, about the guy who was the whistleblower of the tobacco industry. Um, who was the leading person in that? Russell Crowe. Mm -hmm. Russell Crowe and Al Pacino. Al Pacino mm -hmm. was the mm -hmm. 60 Minutes reporter. True story. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and Russell Crowe had this great monologue about why – because Pacino was asking, why, why are you doing this? Like you were set up. You're making millions of dollars. You're in an industry that's not going anywhere. Why are you doing this? He said, he said, because, you know, there's a, uh, like, there's a, a doctor at the end of my name, whatever. He's a doctor and he's a chemist, but he's a doctor. He said, and what I saw all these seven CEOs lie saying that nicotine wasn't addictive. And I know that that wasn't the case. I know that it was highly addictive and that cigarettes were actually nicotine delivery devices. Like that's what they were referred to within the industry. He said, and now conversely, he said, look at Tylenol, right? It was an isolated, just to the Midwest in Chicago. But as soon as the CEO of Tylenol knew that his pills were potentially harming people, he immediately ordered every single Tylenol product off the shelves everywhere in the world, mm -hmm. immediately. Immediately, not like, well, let's just keep it to Chicago. No, everywhere. He goes, that's that's a healthcare professional right there. Boom. That's what you do. That is our burden. That is our responsibility. Well, and they turned it around because of that, because yeah. they didn't try to hide it, because they didn't try to, they stepped up big time. They came out with that tamper-proof seal. Tamper -proof you know, they seal, did all, all, the, all the right stuff. And, you know, their company survived, you know, despite what this, you they know, improved, they improved their reputation. They improved it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, that's leadership. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Very important. So, okay. So as much as I want to talk about Sue Snow and Paul, uh, and really wanted their marriage to work, uh, and then the unfortunate early well, death. Well, here's the thing that, that I think is important about that is, yeah. You know, you're just going around in your life, right? You're just doing your stuff and people have their, you have their problems. I mean, they had a good, it worked for them. It was working for them. And, and yet all these people started coming out of the woodwork, starting to say all this stuff about them. And it's like, she's been murdered yeah. and, you know, he's like, you know, he loved her and, and they had their problems. And it's like, 
it just sucks because, you know, he, I'm sure, you know, this was awful being considered a suspect and this could have gone, if you would have gotten, had one of those detectives that are like, oh, I know he's good for it. I'm going to, you know, I mean, he could have gotten railroaded, you know Absolutely. what I mean? So Absolutely. and people do all the time. And I feel like. Especially back then. Yeah. Especially back then. So, yeah. so I think that getting to know the, the people and, um, you know, that she freaking just was like collateral damage, like you said. Yeah. And it just is so, it, you know, she's sitting there talking to her daughter and like kissing her on the, the forehead. I love you. And then bam, 10 minutes later, she's on the ground, you know, and that her daughter had to go through that. Yeah. I mean, not to keep harping on this, but you even gave me the name of his fling in California. Her name's Mary. Did I need to know Mary's name? Did I yeah. kill I got so invested in that story. Okay. And then it was just okay. ripped off. Yeah. Is this, are you getting back at me because I make you care? Because I make you love people? Just, and then you just take it all away. You just take it like, all away. I invested so much into Sue and Paul. Okay. Okay. Mary, okay. You know, and I understand Mary had a thing for Paul. Paul because Paul. like, what? That, it's just like so awful. Your dirty laundry being like, everybody uh -huh. knows it. Everybody yeah. knows, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, they're just living their life and they have this stuff going on. And then all of a sudden this happens and they're thrust into the spotlight. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he says, oh, well, she took the Excedrin for migraines. And then, then he said that they, she took it for caffeine. Yeah, and it's like, right. well, you know what? Just because you tell your doctor one thing, you sure. might not. It might not be true because you don't want to be judged or you don't want yeah. to be whatever, you know? It makes you, it makes you fearful of accidentally revealing an inconsistency in a story when you're talking to the police. Because then you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh. I mean, and you I, could be completely innocent. Like when I, was doing my, when I was doing my searches, I was like, great, foxglove, cyanide. Like if people looked at my search. <laughs> oh, I know. You should have seen I, mine when I was researching Son of Sam. Holy shit. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm like, and, I didn't tell my husband what, what I was researching. And so yeah. I'm just like, I think I need to. So he doesn't like Gosh. start to worry. So now let's talk about Bruce Nickel. Another, another stand-up Northwestern, you know, guy who just lives in his trailer and about the property wants to go look at hawks flying around, right? You know, it's funny because I had a bunch of police reports. And when I first heard Hawks, I thought that she was talking about Seahawks. I was like, okay, he wants to. He's like, literally watching football? No, he wants yeah. to watch actual birds flying in nature. Nature's very comforting. I know. People. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. It made it even better. It made it even better. Like, I've gotten home from a hard day. I just, I want to take my shower. I want to go sit on my deck. I want to put my feet up and I want to watch the Hawks. I want to watch Hawks fly around. When I was living in Hollywood, which I make it sound so far away, it's 10 minutes away. But when I was living in Hollywood, we were on this, this street, like right in between Sunset Boulevard and Hollywood Boulevard, like in the middle of like kind of awful urban kind of decay. But this one street with several blocks, like three or four blocks were really nice, right? With old bungalow style houses and old growth trees and stuff. And there were, um, there were hummingbirds, mm -hmm. tons of hummingbirds. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you're speaking and, my language. Oh, yeah. But first of all, I just I learned a lot about hummingbirds, that they're extraordinarily territorial. And they will fuck up another hummingbird if they, okay. if they threaten their food source. I have never seen hummingbirds go after each other. Carolyn, I mean, like, like, I'm telling you, 
Oh man. I've and heard of was, I've heard of crows. Like you don't want to mess There were the green, the green yeah. chests and the red chests. Okay. And it and and I would just be sitting there on my stoop and you'd hear like <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's a little there's a little red dude and he's gonna chill and he's gonna get the thing. And then a green fucking kamikaze dive bombs them and they're all like spinning around and they made these weird noises and they take off into the woods to the point where I consulted a bird expert. I said, how do I get the hummingbirds to stop fighting? Because it really upsets me. Okay. I, there's enough food for all of them. I'll get more bird feeders. What, what do I have to do? This okay. is so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> she said, I've never heard. I have a hummingbird feeder on my deck and we get them and I just sit there and just they're like. Fighting. They're fighting. I swear oh to God, God, they're fighting. Oh and so God. I had to hang another hummingbird feeder at the far end of my house. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, far enough away where one didn't feel threatened by the other because they were two like clans, okay, of of hummingbirds that it was like fucking Game of Thrones, right? They were just like getting after it. And I would have actually, I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but this is something I would have loved to watch because like when it was COVID and we were all stuck at home and we have, we live on a, on a lake and it got mm -hmm. frozen and somehow, uh, I don't know if it was like a deer or somehow there was a deer carcass that was in the middle of the lake. Right. Mm. And so it was like game on nature. Cause we yeah. were all bored. We're all in the house and we would like, first it was the coyotes that came down and wow. they're walking in the lake. Right. Then there's the eagles. Cause we have a bunch of eagles and eagles are like, they're not like the majestic bird that people. No, think. no, no. They're vultures yeah. with a good agent. Yeah. So anyway, it was really fun watching the, uh, you know, all these animals come and like prey on this deer and it slowly started sinking into the water. But it was like, it was literally like there. Oh, and then we have these river otters and they had brought to our barge this like a hoof. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. It was crazy, but it was so interesting like, yeah nature happening sure yeah yeah so anyway I, I get it but i love that kind of like i would have loved to see the hummingbird stuff happening yeah and and i felt bad because it took me a while to realize that they were actually fighting i'm like oh they're just they're playing and they're swarming and they're having a good time with each other no they were trying to kill each other for yeah. the sugar water that i hang in a little feeder on the eve of my house so, so did it, you did you end up figuring it out where they felt like they could go to their own places I did. I put up a couple of different feeders. It seemed to work. I'm in touch with the person who lives there now. Uh, they love the birds just as much. Um, and uh, and they say that there, it doesn't seem to be very violent right now. So that's that makes me happy because I was, I was a little worried about it. But um, And now we have a bunch of squirrels that we feed in the backyard, mm -hmm. which is... Uh, which is fun because the squirrels are, squirrels are really nice. Um, all right. So listen. So... Uh, Motiveless murder, mm -hmm. difficult to difficult to solve. Okay, mm -hmm. I spoke with Agent Ken Lanning, who you've spoken to, for for a season in Hell, and um and you know he same thing, but he called it uh, homicide no apparent motive, which is the same thing, just a different phrasing. Um, that's really really difficult to solve. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's what they thought was going on here, and so it was interesting when when the second victim, when Bruce Nickel died. Okay. If Sue Snow hadn't died, they never would have known. Right? 
They but never I mean, would've... even but see, even after Sue died, they would have never known. He was already like natural causes. He had emphysema stamp. Like you don't think they would have made the Excedrin connection? No, absolutely not. Hmm. Mm -mm. Although they did go back and look at other deaths and like run extra tests. So maybe, but right. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think so because I think they probably would have, um, they, they did that after Bruce, they ran right. all these tests on, right. on people who had died. Um, and Similar you know, fashion. right. And like, okay, let's double check. But I think it was, it was Bruce that prompted that it wasn't, it wasn't Sue because I think they really wanted it just to be a one-off. They did not want to deal with yeah, what it could have potentially been. You know, how many people could have potentially died? It's crazy. You know, an entire family could have died, you know, more. Jesus. All right. So <clears throat> I have questions, but so let's talk about Stella and Cynthia for a second. So mm -hmm. Stella, Bruce's wife. Yep. Not happy. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, had some insurance on mm -hmm. on the old man. Well, you know, I think that she's so secret squirrel that he didn't even know that it was on him. Right. You yeah. know, like that's well, the signature on the. Yeah. They, they're or allegedly. Yeah. Handwriting yeah. analysis mm -hmm. points toward a forgery. I mean, yeah. she was. That's she close. was. That's cold-blooded. Psychopath. Well, yeah. listen, it, it, it's one thing. It's one thing to plot a murder of your husband to, you know, to just black widow it, right? To like, I want the money and I want him dead and, but I just want the money. It's another thing to, in an effort to cover your tracks, you, you sprinkle murder around your region for any random person that's going to pick it up and, and, and not care and, be and totally not give a shit, not care at all. That's what was interesting and why that is like that. That's the, I mean, I'm sorry, but that is like, that's, that's, that, that's, I hate saying next level, but that's like next level, like, uh, psychopathies, uh, she's sociopath. Like what, like who has that little regard for, for human life, right. That they would do that. Cause you have no idea who it's going to be. And you, you don't like, care. And you don't care. Couldn't give and, a shit you, less. And not only that, but like there has to be something about like she knew that lawsuits would happen. She, her, and um, before she really became like this suspect, like her and Paul had filed a lawsuit against uh, Bristol Myers for right. you know for the um, death stuff. For right, right. I don't right. know, I don't know what would you call that. It's like a it's not real really their fault, but I guess they didn't know if it was their fault or not, you know? Right. So, I mean, there's all these weird corporate things like right. lack of like institutional control or oversight or, you know, how did they get out of your factory? What's, you know, what's your quality control yeah, issue? So, like, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I was, I, I kind of lost my head there for a second, but yeah, yeah like that. And, and she was going to be standing up on the court steps, you know, knowing what she did. As the victim, right? Oh, the victim. I mean, that's Very not a bad guys. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. It's, it's, it's insane. So, well, I, it wasn't clear if it was, I missed it. I apologize. Was, were they, were the bottles full to the, every, every capsule in the bottle was a cyanide pill. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm not sure about, um, 
Bruce's, but like, for example, with Sue's, uh, nine, there were nine left that had cyanide in them, in the bottle. Out of, and she took two, so out of, like, yeah, 11 out of total out of 60. So yeah. 49 were actual Excedrin and 11 were cyanide? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, it's just like Paul yeah. dipped his fingers in there and it's like he could have, I mean, he just completely, I mean, has to be thanking his lucky stars. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, how close. And so she made the pills in her in her little trailer, right? Uh, you know, I, I, again, because I didn't want my search engine to be cyanide. Um, <laughs> She crushed the cyanide in her in her fish algae bowl, right? I don't know if you crush it. I don't know what form it comes. Okay, I don't know if it's like if it's like a liquid, and then you. I don't know, Brandon. I really you don't. Know. Come on, you know. I, Come on. I don't. I don't. I don't want to know, and I don't but, want. But my you have to be able to make it into a pill. It has to form into a pill. Do you I have know. one of the little well, forming So I did think about it, and I'm thinking maybe it was a liquid. So you just put it, you know, put it over the liquid. You put the liquid over the capsules. I don't over know. Over the existing pill? Oh, right. The capsule, you pull it apart and then you put it inside. Right. right. So, all right. So now I'm, all right. So, so now we're getting somewhere because I, I wasn't really sure. So it wasn't a, a solid tablet. It, no, was, it was a, a capsule. It was a capsule. Yes. Like one of those gelatin yes. capsules that dissolves right. in your stomach. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. So, and it has like the little, the little pellets in there that look like candy. Yeah. Right, but yeah. they're not candy people. It's medicine. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, she must she have opened those things. Yes. Okay. Now it's making sense. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Here. So, yeah. so she opens them up. She either shit cans the good medicine or keeps some of it, and then just and fouls the good the stuff with it with the cyanide. Yeah. Maybe yeah. drip drip some cyanide in there. Who knows? But how do you even get dosages that will kill you in ten minutes back then? Did she I, go to the I, library and they couldn't and they couldn't trace it back to her. That's the thing. Wherever she got it, she they were never able to trace it to her. At least I don't think they were. From what yeah. I understand, they weren't. You know. So um, yeah, I don't know. So talk to me about Cynthia because it must have been the daughter. No picnic for her, putting her mom away for life, right? I mean, I just feel like with her, you know, the jury was out as to whether or not, like, if if she's sitting there. The, 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 her mom is sitting here complaining about Bruce. I yeah. hate this guy. He's won't take me partying. He's a lug. He's like good for damn him for getting his shit together and stopping drinking and everything and watching the goddamn I, I, hawks. I know it's, it's literally like, okay, just walk out the door. Okay. Go meet somebody else. Go meet Joe Blow she at the Hong Kong. She, she needed some seed money. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that was obviously her plan was to leave, but she wanted to finance her trip. And she, I know. So the daughter though, I mean, people were kind of like, well, why didn't she just go to the police before Bruce died? You know, why, why did you, if your mom was telling you all these plans that she tried to kill him twice with Fox club, but it didn't work. I mean, I mean, wouldn't Finally, that be dear, fine? Ah, I guess I should have listened. Okay. Let me go. Okay. Police. I think I know I mean, who so, did it. So I think that the motivation for the money makes sense, you know, yeah. but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't know the woman. So I don't, I can't say, but 
I think one could make that argument of like, well, why didn't you just go to the police? If you knew that she was trying to do this stuff to him, you know, maybe you should have, but I think, you know, maybe people, even when faced with, um, I mean, they just don't want to believe, you know, maybe she thought her mom was just venting and, and that she really didn't do it. You know, we tell things, we tell ourselves things just to kind of move on, you know, like you just don't want to have to deal with something, you know? So it I don't makes, know. Brandon. It makes, <laughs> listen, it really brings into stark contrast the trust we put in the items that we buy at the fucking supermarket. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we, we just trust and put it into our bodies. I know. I because know. something is glued shut and a thing is sealed. Right. Like, oh, gotta be safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I mean, haven't you ever like really wanted like an ego or like a steakum or something? And maybe the box was open already. You're like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll be okay. No, You've no. never done that. No. Uh-uh. Oh, I've totally done that. No. I've totally I'm the kind of person where it's like, if I'm at the store and there's like a dent in the box, I'm like, uh, let me just move to the one behind it. Or like <sighs> even, even like canned goods where they're, if they get dented, I'm like, I'm not touching that. You know, okay. because You're far you more get, discerning than I am. You could get then, like botulism or something. You know? yeah, but then you'll go to a bar, right? And you'll mm-hmm. drink a mixed drink that you mm-hmm. order. Mm-hmm. And some 22-year-old waitress who couldn't give a shit about anything brings it to you. And a bartender that you don't know made the drink out of sight of you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you'll drink that. Believe me, you know what? I mean, we both worked in restaurants. I mean, yeah. I waited tables for years. I know the, yeah. the crap that people would do. And, yeah. you know, it's just kind of like... I mean, I never saw anybody do something like that. I mean, I, I, no, I, I've always found those stories to be exaggerated. That's what I'm saying. I never yeah. actually, I've heard secondhand, but I've never. Sure, asked, secondhand, I but I've never. Yeah. In food, I would not just sit there, even if it, the person oh, was like the oh, worst. Oh, absolutely country. not. Absolutely I know, exactly. Not. I mean, people who do that, like there's oh, no justification for, for doing that. You know? Absolutely not. I, I wouldn't I've, I've put up with that for a second. But it's, but, but stuff like, especially medicine. Mm-hmm. And 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 food that shows up on a truck. I'm like, mm, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll eat. I'll eat all of it. Yes, but please. it's like our false sense of. That's why when things happen, and then we're all just so, you know, yeah. terrified by how fragile it is. Like nine eleven. Like everybody, huh. you know, you know, you just didn't think that that could happen, and it's like. Oh yeah, it can absolutely happen. And then the people behind, you know, it's like Oz behind the curtain, like they are totally messed up and it's a miracle that, you know, we're so so fragile. We're so exposed. We're like everything, you know, but you know what? You can't live your life like that. Absolutely. Obviously, you you know, I know, but I'm just saying like, I get it. Like we're having this kind of intellectual conversation. Like, how do we do this? Yeah. And, and yet you have to, because it, the alternative is like, you can't, you just can't to live, to be a shut in and to live in fear and just, you know, and just to want to, you know, come home and sit on the porch and watch Hawks. <laughs> I know. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, it's like, I just am like, how? And then she doesn't even like, she's holding coffee when she opens the door. Like, Stella, I mean, you gotta, what? Stella's a gangster. I'll tell you, like, she's just like, you are not going to rush me. Mm-hmm. Nope. You are not mm-hmm. going to rattle me. Not one bit. Mm-hmm. And, but I'll tell you the, the, the fact that, that she, that, that she sprinkled that death around the region in five, four additional bottles of Excedrin, um, she'll never get parole. 
Yeah, it's ironic, ironic that she's asking for um, compassionate. Yeah. You know, I I would make it as painful as possible. I I mean, you just have to hear about Sue Snow's death. And of course. And and that and she was willing to have that happen many, many more times. Mm hmm. So she can the get children. a couple hundred. The children, right. because I think that the, you know, like yeah. Tylenol, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I think it's 12 and up. No. So that, Just that's so she can get a couple hundred grand and get a man she'd fallen out of love with out of her life. She was willing. All right. So if, let's say there were 11 pills per bottle, mm-hmm. right? And five bottles. So she was ready to kill 55 people. Absolutely. And I believe yeah. that she was, and I believe that she would have she stood would. on the staircase next to her attorney, next to the victims and They're crying. They're the problem. They're the problem. Like, Big pharma. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel safe. I don't right. feel safe. Gosh. You know? so I mean, it's, it's like, I, I have to wonder when you think about those profiles, like, I think she's, it's not, it wasn't just about the money for her. There were all these other you know, I think that she wanted that attention. She wanted that spotlight that, you know, would come with being on the front lines of something like this because the Chicago um, Tylenol murders was like her inspiration. So she saw the news footage. She saw, like, I didn't realize this, but when I was watching that video, they were having people go in the neighborhood and like, don't have Tylenol. Really? Like, through neighborhoods, like with the sweet, yeah. you yeah. know, could kill you. Like, like right. the ice cream man of old, right? Like they're like, don't have, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and then they, they canceled Halloween. Yeah. They didn't let kids go trick or treating, you know, which That's is crazy. like, you know, just to show that the, the level of fear, you know, and rightfully so, rightfully so. What did you think of Stella? Say that again. What did you what did you think of Stella? I told you Stella's, I mean, just a gangster, like a, like a, a real, it's, it's tough for me to describe her in a way I would describe normal humans because it's tough to get past the fact that she was willing, the extent that she was willing to go and the sacrifices of the innocent that she was willing to make um, to, to, to get what she wanted. It, it, it's hard for me to ascribe human emotion onto her, you know, just cold, empty, soulless, heartless, you know, mm-hmm. uh, monster basically, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, and I'm glad she's in jail. And honestly, I hope she's suffering quite a bit. I mm-hmm. just think it's, uh, ironic and in a wonderful way that her daughter turned her in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, who knows if they would have ever been able to charge her, you know. Yep. And she eventually gave it up and, and, and cop to it, right? And You know, I don't think she did for a long time. She said she cracked. Well, she 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 d- took the polygraph. She cracked right. enough. And, the, and completely. You know. Oh, that's right. She cracked, took the polygraph, failed it. Yeah. Did she? Yeah. And again, I'm sorry if I missed this. Did she let them know where the other bottles were and they were able to collect them? Get them no, the they found that she was like a victim of this and still was. And they happened to, so one was at Sue's two, she had two. So that's three. That's so there three. were two more. In, and then there were two other ones that were found that were ready to kill people. And then they, when they pulled them off the shelf and they had to test every single one, you know, test every right. one. Did she so corroborate? 
Did she corroborate that there were five ever? Did she ever cooperate at all? I don't know. I don't think that she, I think at some point, because when I was reading the latest thing, when she tried to get, she's like 87 and she tried to get this compassionate relief. Mm-hmm. I, I release. I think that she had has been denied um, uh, getting out of jail twice, and I think that she, in her apology letter, she she acknowledged that she had done it. I read it briefly, but okay. but at the time that it happened, I mean, she went through appeals, and she would say because the aquarium clerk, I guess, got some of the money too, and so not only <laughs> not <laughs> what no 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 it's okay. Mm-hmm. The aquarium clerk. What? What do I? What? I just want to know how many fish tanks she had in her double wide. A lot. I know, I know that's the thing. Like she obviously, I guess she took it on as a hobby because she couldn't go. Yeah. You know. Right. I, right. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and and so. and that's what wound up really one of the main pieces of evidence was they were able mm-hmm. to trace that that green algae. Well, you know, you just can't think of everything, Brandon, when you're trying I, to come up with a complicated plan to no, murder. I know that's that whatever, whatever that, whatever that philosophy is that you leave something and take something with you kind of, you know, crime scene kind of evidence kind of thing. Yeah. Cause I'm sure she's like, I'm just going to put this cyanide in my, I kept thinking of it like those poultices or mortar, mortar and pestle. Mortar and pestle. Right. And yeah. Pestle, yeah. yeah. And like, I'm going to exact same. Yeah, yeah, and and like <laughs> toil and trouble, you know. Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so I think that um, you know she just couldn't pull it together, and then the fingerprints at the end was just so beautiful. Yep. Damn. Well, uh, you know, I, I'd love to hear more about Sue and Paul on a, in a future episode. Uh, and I wonder what ever happened to Mary. Did she find happiness in California? You know what? Yeah. People go through shit, Brandon. Okay. I understand. And I understand. Stories, their stories need to be told. Okay. I was pulling for him. I was pulling for him. That's all I'm saying. And Haley, I'd like to know that Haley got past this real traumatic event in her life, right? Like, I'd like to know what Haley's doing. Um, mm-hmm. I hope she made it. Uh, strong, strong girl, you know? Absolutely. Um, but but really, really interesting and, and kind of terrifying episode, you know, that mm-hmm. shows kind of how, how, how fragile we are. And there's a lot of chinks in the armor of society. There's a lot of way for bad people to get to us, you know? So uh, just reinforces, you know, uh, the idea to, to just, you know, situational awareness, be, be aware of what's going on around you. Yeah, you, you really can't. I mean, Sue could have, could have done nothing, nothing different. There was nothing that Sue could have done. There was nothing that she could have done. I mean, there's no situational awareness that would have, would have stopped that. You know, maybe the pills looked slightly different before she put them in her mouth, right? I'm sure it was at such a microscopic level, like that algae stuff. Gosh! All right. I know. Well, well, well done. Thank you for the episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, bonus check-in, Criminal Mischief people. Appreciate you sticking around. Um, if you get a chance, head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rate and review. It helps more than you know. And uh, if you're so inclined, consider supporting the great companies that support our show. We could not do it without them. Nor could we do it without you, the great Carolyn Osorio. Once again, delivering the goods. Thank you, Carolyn. Anything you'd like to add? Then we'll just see you next week. Thank you very much, everybody. Stay safe out there. Bye. 
From Cloud 10, Criminal Mischief is a pie-in-the-sky production, recorded in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We're produced by Brandon Morgan and myself, music by Soundstripe. I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.